Welcome to the Mega Man's Podcast with your host, Stephen Martinez, a.k.a. Mega Man. This will be episode 61. I have a very, very special guest. He's been on the Mega Man's Podcast recently. My boy, Ray Markarian from Bleacher's Report. This will only be strictly boxing stuff, guys. So this is for all the guys, man. Strictly only boxing. Maybe some ladies might love it. What's up? What's up, man? What's up, Steven? Oh my gosh, I can't, man. We, I was like really anxious for to for you to be on my podcast, and I was like, let's do this fucking shit. Heck yeah, man! I'm, I'm pumped. Pumped. This is gonna be part two, man. I mean, yeah. we have so much to talk about. When I had you on, now let's get into it about last Saturday with Andy, Louise, and Anthony Joshua. Yeah. What the fuck just happened? Well, I mean. It was a pretty big upset, obviously. You know, uh, Andy Ruiz is a fighter with a lot of experience, but not at that level. Uh-huh. You know, uh, Anthony Joshua came into the fight. You know, everyone expected him to win. Everyone's just looking ahead to like the next fights, maybe Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, he ran into a buzzsaw, man. I mean, it's not always. It's not about looks. It's about you know technique and being able to you know perform on the night of the fight and. When I saw after that fight, like I started thinking about some of like out of shape guys that I know that yeah. are like really good fighters. Yeah. And some of the toughest guys I know are like fat out of shape dudes, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> they could like kick some ass. So um yeah, man, I thought it was an exciting fight. I was uh watching it on on Saturday night and I was like thinking like, oh man, I don't know if I should watch this or not. Mm-hmm. But when Anthony Joshua knocked him down. I was like, I don't know. And, you know, then all of a sudden, that same round, you know, Louise knocked him down. Twice. Twice. Yeah. I was like, okay, now we have a war. And I could see, I, was, I wasn't I was watching the fight. I was looking at the crowd. People were shocked, like, what the fuck just happened? Mm-hmm. It's almost like, you want to say it's more like a Buster Douglas and Mike Tyson kind of shock? I don't think so. I mean, Mike Tyson and me was much more intimidating than Anthony more Joshua. Vicious, yeah. Yeah, like we never saw Mike Tyson get hurt before mm-hmm. that fight. I mean he took a few shots before the Buster Douglas fight, but like Anthony Joshua's been been wobbled a few times in his fights. Mm-hmm. And I think Anthony Joshua has been protected yes. quite a bit. Thank you. Know? you. Um, I, I didn't say that Ray said that, but yes, protected. By his promoter, I mean he's a great fighter, man. Like I'm not trying to downplay what his career is, you know, that place career at all but i think that you know he could have fought wilder a few years ago and all these times where they talk about um sending contracts to specific fighters and those fighters are turning them down i mean there's got to be a reason why they're turning them down maybe those fighters aren't getting enough money to fight anthony joshua mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of intangibles that aren't in your face you know um so that's what i mean by protected you know, yeah. like I don't think he's like. I think he's one of the best. Who knows what's going going to happen if they have a rematch? But yeah, I don't think um, he was. He's been prepared to fight Wilder or Fury yet, and that's why it hasn't happened, and that's why he lost. You know, I. Wow, this is gonna be the most like boxing episode because with that whole. With that loss, it just changed the whole heavyweight division around. Sure. 
everything. Mm-hmm. So now what's going to happen now with Louise? Want, is he going to fight Wilder? Who does he want? I know he's going to get that clause with that rematch with Joshua. Are they going to have it in England? Are they going to have it in Mexico or in Las Vegas? We don't know. I think you have to stay patient, man, in this sport. Mm-hmm. And the fight just happened three days ago, you know? Mm-hmm. Right away, they're talking about a rematch, but... Like Anthony Joshua's side is talking about the rematch, but Eddie, I mean, Andy Ruiz isn't really saying anything, you know? You ever noticed that them? He was more more calm. Yeah. That's something like, ooh, I don't know about that. When he's more calm, he's like, I don't know. That's, that's, he, he's more, he was more prepared. I mean, I don't know if he was more prepared. I don't know, like, if we could fully say that, but he was definitely the better man that night, you know? Um, it's hard to say what's going to happen next, but if you look at the history of the sport, like rematches don't happen right away all the time, you know? Like we thought Wilder was gonna fight Fury right away and it's going to take possibly a year and a half after the fact, mm-hmm. you know? We thought Tyson was gonna get an immediate, immediate rematch with Buster Douglas, but he didn't. He never even fought him again, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, Chavez De La Hoya. The De La Hoya beat Chavez. It took about two years for them to fight again. Mm-hmm. Ray Leonard, Marvin Hack. I could keep going, man. Riddick Bowen, Evander Holyfield. Yeah. So they don't fight. The rematches don't happen right away all the time. It takes time. It takes time. In boxing, it does. I mean, it's a business. You know, it's not like the NBA where the Warriors play the Raptors four times in a row. You know, it just doesn't happen that way. I know. So. Ugh, I know, but what I mean. I think with, with your boxer, I mean, people are always saying like this Joshua had, it was like a great God body, but you don't need to have that physique. Uh-huh. He was eating, this guy, Ruiz, was eating Snickers. Yeah. Like he loved Snickers after the boxing, but it's like, dude, he's like a, like a Mexican butter bean. Yeah. And he hits hard. He swings left and right hard, but he was just t- like piece him apart. You know, mm-hmm. he was like, I, I, I was looking at Joshua's legs and it was like, I don't know. He just he was out of it, you know. And I saw when he got knocked down, I felt like he was looking at his corner, but also he purposely dropped his mouthpiece to get more time to, you know, and everything. Right. So it, the, the whole time thing, and when the referee told him, "Okay, come," and he was looking at his trainer still, like you know, like you don't want none of this, because he was shocked. Like, what the fuck do I do? Yeah. He was just like. He seemed a little anxious. Yeah. You know, he seemed he was a little bit overwhelmed. You know, it's his first fight out of the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, I've uh, Andre Ward was on first take, I think, yesterday. I saw, he, I didn't see, I saw he was on it, but I didn't see the video. He was talking about what you just said as far as um, having ring strength mm-hmm. instead of weight strength. Yeah. Like Anthony Joshua looks the part, but he's got a lot of muscle mass, mm-hmm. you know? And um, a few years ago, I had lunch with Andre Ward and we were talking about him possibly fighting in Europe. And what he would do to prepare himself to fight in Europe. And he said that he would go there like two or three months before the fight and just stay there and train there and make sure that his sparring partners are from America and not from the UK. You know? Why is that? Because he doesn't know that country as well as he does in America. He doesn't know if people are trying to uh, sabotage him in one way or another. Oh, if he gets European boxers or anything, they may work for the other team? Yeah, like what if he trains with somebody and then... You know, like he's sparring with him and then that sparring partner will go tell so-and-so that knows his opponent, hey, this is what he does, you know? Mm -hmm. So there's 
all those types of things. I'm not saying that's what happened in the Anthony Joshua situation, but it could have happened, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so maybe those are the types of things that he wasn't fully prepared for. Or maybe it was because of the Drake curse. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was because he posted something like, I'm going to end the curse with Drake. And he was like, what? Yeah, he posted on his thing. We're all laughing like, yeah, it's like anywhere is like if I saw Drake and that was a fighter, he's like, "Hey man, get the fuck out of here! I want, I want you, I might, I want you because you might bring that curse, that bad luck." Yeah, I always what super, is that Drake curse? I haven't even heard of it. Yeah, because every time Drake he roots for a team, whatever they oh, fucking yeah. lose. That's right. Like, Everyone, the boxer, uh, Conor McGregor lost to uh, to Khabib, like all that stuff. Uh, the college basketball team. Yes, Kentucky, yeah. like everything. So no, even the Rams. Drake was there at the Super Bowl. When the Rams, like, he's rooting for the Rams, the Rams lost to the New England. Mm. Like, all that stuff. So, no one wants, no one to be around Drake. Drake curse. The Drake curse. Like the Madden curse. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, the Madden. But, I don't know. What What do you see Joshua from, it should, I know, like, he, I bet you, like, on Saturday, he lost a fight. Mm-hmm. And on Monday, he's going to be like, man, I, wanna, I don't want to look at my social media. I don't think he's like that, man. I think Joshua seems pretty positive about it. I saw something on social media yesterday that he did. He did like a he's like, like a oh, video or something he, about his sportsmanship. He's like, yeah. hey, hey, don't don't give it to me. Give it, hey, this is his shot. That's cool, man. You know, and everything. So he figured, like, hey, you know, he won fair and square. You know, it was like, you know, and everything. It was like the underdog. That's like character. You know, he got good character. So it was more. He wasn't more stubborn or anything like no, that. No, I made no excuses. Like the guy was a better man tonight, and yeah, we'll fight him in the rematch and hopefully win. You know mm-hmm. that that's. I respect that. You know, there's, like you said, there's fighters that make excuses. Like, you just mentioned Conor McGregor. He makes a lot of excuses when he loses. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, like the Khabib thing where he's like, oh, all he does is wrestle me. Mm-hmm. You know? I saw a picture yesterday. I should have talked about it. Uh, with Oscar Valdez. And um, had Andy Weez. And they were, like, young. And it said, we're going to change the boxing game. Wow. And there was young. And Andy Weez, he was super heavy. Uh-huh. Shaped head, heavy. They were like young. Mm-hmm. And now look at them now. Like changing the game right now. Yeah. I mean, shock of the world. Now social media is blowing up with Andy Weez, you know, and on everything. It's just, wow. Mm-hmm. Like ever, all the Mexicans are all behind him now. It's like everything is just like, wow. Everyone's all talking about him on Sports Center, on podcasts. Great like, story. Yeah. It's a great story, man. It's a yeah. rocky story in a it way. It is a rocky story. You it's know? a great upset. I mean, it's, let's face the facts, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it it made the sport better. Mm-hmm. Put more eyes on the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody's... like ever. Those three fighters that you mentioned, Wilder, Joshua, and Fury, they were all undefeated. Eventually, one of them has to lose. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. No one's going to end up perfect. It makes it more fun now because, well, years ago with Klitschko... Was holding the heavyweight hostage, you know the champ, you know like no one wanted to watch, no one watched boxing because of Floyd and Klitschko. Now like boxing is like hot right now. Right. It's like you if know? you watch, let's say Andy Ruiz against Deontay Wilder, Ooh. wouldn't you want to watch that fight? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Before this fight happened, you wouldn't want to watch that. No, but well, now, you would, but like, yeah. But it's like an underdog against like you know Wilder's like reach. Right. Like he hits hard, mm-hmm. and I'm like, wow. It's like remember when you, when I had you on my podcast, you, you had you were nothing but boxing. I was boxing UFC. Mm-hmm. Now, earlier before we did the podcast, now I'm switching to boxing more than than MMA. Okay, is this to me like uh, 
I don't know. It's just, I feel like the whole thing with MMA, with UFC, with the deal with ESPN, it's just, it's just watering down the sport. And I just don't like it no more. You like boxing better? I like boxing better. It's more fun. It's like, oh, wow. Because you got, the zone is killing it right now. Mm-hmm. I don't get, I don't know why people, t- I don't, let's, let's get down to it. With ESPN, the zone. People talk bad, you know, fuck the zone or, or ESPN plus. I mean, with no pay-per-view no more. It's done. It's done. Those are prehistoric days now. So, what's better, ESPN Plus or The Zone? Um, well, I think it's good options on both sides. You know, I think ESPN has a lot more promotion to their fights. Mm-hmm. You know, like if there's a fight on ESPN Plus, you know, you can watch the interviews with the fighters on regular ESPN. Or they could do documentaries that we could probably see. On 30 for 30? Right? Um, yeah, whatever it is. You know, we could just see them on regular you know, ESPN or ESPN2. It's, it's more visible. You know, with The Zone, it's a streaming service and it's a different landscape. It's a, it's harder to reach. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the presentation on ESPN is better. But, I mean, to your point, there's a lot more activity on The Zone. It's more, you know, there's... If you're on that app, I mean, you could watch stuff on demand. Yeah, live you know? and everything. Yeah, and you can watch other sports. Mm-hmm. That's cool. You yeah. know, it's, it's cool. It's, it's good on both ends. Yeah, because I know The Zone's just a baby right now. So it's building its numbers. It's building its library and everything, you know, to get Well, better. yeah, I mean, The Zone is really big internationally. Oh, you know? yeah. Yeah, right. it's big in, like you said, cricket. Um, it has NFL, like, what's that thing called? The direct, not, not direct TV, but... Uh, Red Zone channel, mm-hmm. it has that for Canada. The Zone has that for Canada. Uh-huh. Um, and then they got into the United States because they got into boxing in the United States because that was the easiest way for them to get into it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, The Zone's good. The Zone's killing it with the boxing and also with Bellator. Mm-hmm. I like Bellator more than the UFC. Mm-hmm. And it has some good MMA fights and everything with Scott Croker, you know, and you have uh, Golden Boy because, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, Ryan Garcia. You know, and everything. Yeah. I mean, that's the zine. You know, I didn't even know that we're going to be having a Triple G fight this Saturday. Yep. And that's going to be like, oh, okay. We'll see what's up with that. That's cool. You know, know. The, the zone's awesome. I mean, look, pay-per-view was great for a little while. You know, as a boxing fan, it's good, but it doesn't grow the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, um, a kid that wants to watch boxing has to... If it was a pay-per-view landscape, you would have to wait for your parents to order a fight in order to watch some really cool fighters. Mm-hmm. But now, if a fight's on ESPN Plus or DAZN, you know it's it's easier to catch. You know, yeah. or even like Fox. Fox is one we haven't even talked about. You know, Fox is it's it's, it's done. No, it's not done. It's it's doing well. You well, know, Fox is doing well. Yeah, because PBC is on Fox. So um, fighters like. Danny Garcia, Keith Thurman, Earl Spence, uh, Mikey Garcia. Those guys are all potentially fighting on Fox. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Quillen, Caleb Plant, all these guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Because with me, um, I don't have Fox because I have stream like Sling TV. Okay. So I have The Zone, ESPN. So I want to have sports, whatever I mm-hmm. can. So I don't have that thing, luxury where it's sports like with the UFC. Because I, since I didn't need Fox, now that USC was switching over to ESPN, you got boxing, Terry Crawford, Fury coming up and all that. That's why I just wanted strictly only but sports. That's cool. But with the zone, 
with all these big fights, you don't have to add on a pay-per-view like how ESPN does. True. That's the thing about saving money, you know, by streaming, you know, like why are you going to pay 4.99 then you have to add on another what, 60 bucks to watch then, a pay-per-view. Uh, just to watch a pay-per-view with the zone. I mean, I know I got the deal for eight ninety nine, but if now if you get it, it's like eighteen bucks, or you can pay for the whole year and pay a hundred dollars or nine ninety nine, and you save yourself about ten or fifteen bucks, you know, whatever, and you get all the good fights and everything and stuff. Mm-hmm. You get MMA, you get all the Bellator, you get the boxing, you get baseball, you get all that stuff. Right? It's just something. It's like who's better, you know, like promoting. But you have Canelo fights, and usually back in the day with the old pay per view, you'd be spending what close to eighty bucks. 90 bucks for a pay-per-view to watch the yeah. Canelo fight when you can get that thing with the zone. Mm-hmm. 18 bucks a month, you know, or eight ninety nine Depends, you right. know. What do you think? Because it's like, <laughs> yes, yeah. man. I mean, it's definitely the new age, you know, streaming, streaming, you know, not only sports, but watching, you know, television on stream, you know, cable, I think is going out of the way, you know. So I think the zone is actually something that it's, um, They've kind of picked up where, like, like the WWE Network, I think, was the first one to do something like yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. Where they just have, like, a database of all their old stuff. And yeah. Yeah, I think it's awesome, man. Then the UFC did it, and now everyone's all like, okay, they have something up. Like, yeah, yeah. like that was good. Like, the WWE, like, you go to the old library, look, look at the old wrestling stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with everything now, like, with the, the whole library, which is yeah. good. Yeah. You can watch old fights. You can watch, like, okay, let me, let me see that fight again or whatever. Right. Which is good. Right. But, fuck. I'm just still shocked with uh, Anthony Joshua. But what do you think? To me... I laughed when I saw Eddie Hearn's face when he was shocked, like, my fighter just lost. Like, what the fuck do I do? Of course he was shocked. You know, everyone was shocked. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was disappointed probably mm-hmm. more than anything. And I think that's why he's pushing for the rematch so hard. You know, it's like, your baby just, <laughs> like, it's like his prized possession, you know? Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot of pressure on Anthony Joshua right now. Mm-hmm. But I think right the way he's handling this loss, it seems pretty cool to me. So you feel like with Eddie Hearn, he's he's controlling Anthony Joshua, where I feel like Anthony Joshua's like, just give me the fucking hardest fights. Fuck you, fuck that, fuck Eddie Hearn. I want to fight. I want to fight the best. I, I I want my legacy. I want to want my legacy to be remembered. Mm-hmm. You don't want to be your legacy to be remembered because oh, you are like a puppet to Eddie Hearn's. You know, it's it's something where in boxing. There's always been a promoter, promoters that handle fighters. And Anthony Joshua is unfortunately in that situation where promoters are handling him. See, the thing is with Ant, uh, Al Heyman, he isn't a promoter, he's a manager. So he, he allows the fighters to kind of make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, so Anthony Joshua is just in a position where he doesn't really have the luxury to be, or maybe he does, but he doesn't really show it. Would be like, hey, I want to fight this guy. I don't care about the what you say. I'm I'm fighting this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm fighting Wilder right now. You know, he could probably tell the media that and tell us that, but I don't feel like he has that sort of leverage because of his promoter. Mm-hmm. You know, and like throughout boxing history, there's always been stuff like that, and it's just the way it is. Yeah, I don't see Wilder like that. He say he wants to. He wants the best. Yeah, it seems like Wilder kind of you know. Makes his own decisions. Yeah, he just wants the best. He's he he cares about his legacy, you know. Mm-hmm. Like he know he's like okay, I should have won. I mean, 
I think Fury won that fight with Wilder, but I don't know how the fuck he got up. But I think um, if they do it again, I mean, who knows? I think maybe Fury might beat Wilder. Yeah, I mean, he might. But, you know, it's hard to tell right now. You know, I want to see how Fury looks in his next fight. I'm like get a little nervous when you have all these unknown fighters coming up and we're gonna see because you, you just look what happened with Joshua like hey oh fuck if that could happen that could happen to him that that might happen to me yeah you know you never know it's like hey I don't these unknown fighters they have they don't have anything to lose that's awesome it's boxing man fuck. makes you want to watch the fights right hell yeah, yeah, yeah fuck you get awesome. nervous dude like of course because it's the whole thing I want to talk about um with like now that with you know um this whole perfect record like oh if you don't have a perfect record you you're not a good boxer Mm -hmm. if you have one or two losses oh you suck Mm -hmm. i hate that yeah you gotta have the perfect record not you're you're not a good boxer floyd mayweather pretty much had that attitude i hate that and then it's like that i think that's the floyd mayweather era that kind of trickled down into this era Uh that's i think it's slowly going away but he had this feeling where I'm perfect, and I can't lose no matter what. Um, and then people gave him a lot of crap for not challenging himself against fighters at their peak. Whereas like guys like De La Hoya did, and you know, if you go down the line in history, a lot of fighters fought each other at their prime. Um, I think De La Hoya, I'm sorry, Mayweather did a really good job of picking his opponents wisely at the right time. To protect his O on his record, and fighters learned from that and wanted to keep that O as well. Um, the crazy part about you know watching a guy like Mayweather as opposed to someone like De La Hoya, and the reason why I bring up De La Hoya a lot is because he's one of the last guys, in my opinion, that like opened the door up for the next generation. So De La Hoya fought Mayweather and fought Pacquiao. And lost to them both. And those guys wouldn't be famous unless they beat Oscar De La Hoya. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So then when Mayweather got old, he never gave a young fighter an opportunity to make a name off of Mayweather to like build his next resume. So right now, after Mayweather retired, there's all of these young fighters that are like Crawford, Spence, Thurman, that are popular, but not like fully, fully popular because they never beat the guy. You know what I'm saying? The old guy. Anthony Joshua got popular because he beat Vladimir Klitschko. Because mm-hmm. Klitschko gave him that opportunity. Yeah. So, to answer your question, I think that the O on your record was important only for a small period of time. Um, you know, even Muhammad Ali lost a few fights. Everyone still considers him to be the greatest. You know? Um, look back in history, most fighters didn't retire undefeated. They've had, you know, one or two losses and they yeah. came back. I even looked like I, I also did research and there was a person who had like, who had the all time like, like winning this record. And it was like 300 and something wins. Uh-huh. I think it was second was Archie Moore. Archie Moore and like 200. Someone, yeah. And this one had over 314, but the losses, he only had about what, 19. It's crazy. And two, and two draws. And I was like, man, it's like this. I like people that go to war, like Marvin Hagler. Those were wars. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that video of him when he was jogging and he was saying "war, mm-hmm. war"? Like, oh fuck, I got goosebumps. He used to he used to jog in like combat boots. 
Really? Yeah, army boots. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, man. That's a fucking gangster. Right yeah, there. yeah, yeah. He was now that he will go to war. Like, don't matter if it was Tommy Hearns, Sugar Ray. Like, it, it just didn't matter. Robert, to him. Roberto Duran. Roberto. He, that guy went to war. That guy, yeah. Back in the eighties, mm-hmm. and that's why I feel like now, like boxing should be like how it was back in the days, going to war. Like, who was the best? Mm-hmm. That's what I like. You know, yeah. like now, like purple records, like all these promoters, like, hey, if you're the best and I'm the best, let's fucking do it. Well, why do you think promoters get involved, though, man? They get involved because it's about the sports, about money. Mm-hmm. You know, if the fighter loses, people, like you said, people care about that O on the record. Mm-hmm. So if a fighter loses and doesn't, you know, get an immediate rematch and looks good, then that means less money for the promoter, less money for the fighter. So let's say, for example, Anthony Joshua doesn't get this rematch next, and then he fights some other guy and looks like crap, then he's not going to make as much money, you know, as going down the road unless he fights like a big name. So it's very important for Anthony Joshua to look good and still be like the man, and then they could sell it and be like, hey, you know, he made, it was a bad fight, but you know, he, he overcame it, and Blah blah blah, and that's the thing we talked about when I had you on a while back. Uh-huh. We talked about like that with all these fighters are signing with the zone with these six fights, ten fight deals. What's gonna happen if those fighters lose a fight? Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. I was like, that was just a coincidence. Like, dude, what's gonna happen? Mm-hmm. You know, you, Joshua just signed sign, <laughs> fight with the zone. What happens if he loses another fighter too? It's like, what the, the zone's gonna drop him? Man, that's a great point, man. <laughs> So there's a reason why Triple G isn't finding someone that's you know pretty high up there right now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because he just signed that new deal. Yeah, and they got to make sure he keeps winning. Yeah, you know, I had a talk with um, Sam Watson. You know who that is? No. So Sam Watson works for Al Heyman. He's sort of like the face of the PVC organization, and he um, he sort of like right Al Heyman's right hand man. Al Heyman is the guy which runs. A lot of stuff in boxing, mm-hmm. and um, we were talking about Manny Pacquiao before he signed for the Keith Thurman fight. Oh, we yeah. could open this, huh? Yeah, yeah, go for it, dude. Fuck <laughs> <Okay>. it. <laughs> Cheers, man. Cheers. Oh man. So we we're talking about Manny Pacquiao and who he should fight next, and Watson was like, "We just got to make sure Manny Pacquiao keeps winning. You know, he's gonna fight someone that he's going to look good against." So it's going to give him a good fight, but he has to keep winning. And I was thinking to myself, like, why would he tell me that? And part of the reason why he wants him to keep winning is because Manny Pacquiao's still a big name, man. You know, we could say he's old or whatever it may be, but you ask an, a 55-year-old man that doesn't really watch boxing, the two guys that he knows, if he, name, if he wants to really name fighters, would be Floyd Mayweather and Manny Pacquiao. You know? Mm-hmm. So they're trying to sell... Manny Pacquiao as long as they can. Keith Thurman's like talking hella shit and Manny Pacquiao's just laughing like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you know, that's going to be a good fight, man. I don't think Manny Pacquiao is... I think he's not done at all. Like, you think he still looks He said good. he has a couple more fights left. How long has he been saying that? Years. Years. Yeah. Everyone says that. Mm-hmm. Everyone in boxing retires, right? And then mm-hmm. comes back somehow, some way. Mm-hmm. It's all about money. It's all about money, man all about money every sport is about money it's not just boxing it's just in your face more in boxing you know like the we see a promoter like negotiating with inside the media to manipulate the other side 
um, because in boxing there aren't any rules. It's a wild. It's like the wild, wild west. Mm-hmm. Whereas in like a sport with a league like the NBA or you know NFL or whatever it may be, you don't see a lot of drama like that. You know, yeah. a lot of drama on the high on a high level. Like you'll you'll see it sort of on the surface. So yeah, man, it's it's crazy. I don't know who do you got for that fight with Pacquiao. I mean, Pacquiao. We'll see what happens. You know. I think Pacquiao's going to win. I think it's. Um, I don't think he's done yet. I think it's going to be a great fight, but I think Pacquiao still has some some juice in him, man. You what know. About, what about Pacquiao versus Crawford? That's a fight. I don't think Pacquiao can win. Um, I think Crawford has a little bit too much movement for Pacquiao. Whereas Thurman, he has movement too, but Thurman does, you know, he also has a lot of exchanges in there. Like he doesn't, you know, he doesn't move as well as Crawford or Spence. Mm-hmm. And he's had a lot of time off. Mm-hmm. So I like Pacquiao as an underdog to beat Thurman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't see him beating Spence or Crawford yet. I don't even know if he's going to fight them yet. But when he does fight them, like that's going to be the passing of the torch that I was talking about with De La Hoya when he what he did for Mayweather and Pacquiao. Yeah. Yeah. And then and then Pacquiao will, will retire will retire gracefully. It's going to be very interesting to see mm-hmm. because now you got the new breed of all these new boxers and you know and everything. It's almost like the the young the young lion is killing off the old lion. That's how know? it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it is. That is just, that's crazy. Did you hear about Triple G with his new trainer? Yeah. Yeah, I heard about Jonathan that. Stewart. Jonathan Stewart. Uh, Jonathan Stewart. Uh, Jonathan Banks. Banks. Sorry. Yeah. Jonathan Stewart's the running back for the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jonathan Banks. He's going to say yeah. he wants to take Triple G to the next level. Mm-hmm. And I was hearing about that. I was like, why would you do that, you know? Well, you know what, man? Um, a lot of it could be about money at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, Triple G just... You know, he was, he's been with his trainer for so long. And um, I heard it was like something with a financial issue. His trainer wanted a little bit more money. Because at, at Golovkin's age, 37, 38 years old. I get it, yeah. I mean, he doesn't really need a trainer to teach him anything. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, he doesn't. Like, what more can you teach a 40-year-old man that's been boxing his whole life? Mm-hmm. You know, you might need some more motivation and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, but at the same time, if you don't have motivation to fight at that age, like there's no reason, like there's no one that could help you, you know. Mm-hmm. So he probably had uh, Jonathan Banks, um, you know, probably had him at a discount, and you know, Banks used to work with uh, Klitschko. Klitschko, yes. Yeah, and you know, they probably have some sort of affiliation there because of you know the. Eastern European connection, so yeah, because those uh those Ukraine fighters, I mean they're coming up. What is he uh, from Kazakhstan? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Ukraine was that. Uh, that's the one I was gonna talk to you about um, later uh, from the cruiserweight. The the. Osek. Osek. Yeah. 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 yeah those, those the European fighters, the Russian, those uh those Ukraine. I mean they're coming up, man. Oh yeah. Little by little, they're coming up. They're mm-hmm. just, they're killers. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I was like, what are you going to do, you mm-hmm. know, with all that? But we're going to see how Triple G is uh, this Saturday. And um, I'm, I'm kind of looking forward to see how he is, you know. It's just, 
and you got that blemish of that loss and you got that draw with Canelo. I think on one of those fights, he should have won. I think he won the first one. I, think. I thought he won Tri- both of them. Really? Yeah. Okay, I'm not the only one who said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought he won both. Okay, I, I thought so too. I mean, that's just, it's all opinion at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's three judges. They're professional judges, but they're, it's their opinions. You know? Mm-hmm. So, my opinion, Golovkin didn't lose either, either, any of those fights. I mean, there were close fights. But in the second fight, although Canelo was coming forward all the time, he was getting hit with the jab all like the whole fight. Mm-hmm. You know, just because Golovkin was going backwards doesn't mean he was losing. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it's it's just mm-hmm. unfortunate sometimes when a fighter gets a loss that people just like you know just kind of disregard them. But in this situation, it feels like Golovkin still thinks that he's undefeated, and he doesn't feel like you know he lost. Mm-hmm. And he's still a, a force to be reckoned with. But I would be interested to see if Canelo will actually give him a third fight. Um, I know they're in, under the same, you know, under the, the zone man- management. But mm-hmm. be tough to see. I mean, it, it would be, I would be shocked if he fights him right away, Canelo. <sighs> <laughs> I'm just being honest, man. I just, I, it's. It, just stuff that just doesn't happen that easy. See, that's the thing that it. it I like it that you're saying that, mm-hmm. but in a way, it's like I think in a way they should have signed different contracts with different people. When you have both contracts with the zone, it makes it more awkward. Well, it makes it's supposed to make it easier. Mm-hmm. You know, you're under the same umbrella. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't it make it easier? Because I feel like if one of them wins. I feel like the zone will focus on them, the winner, more than the loser. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it is a business at the end of the day. Yeah. You know? Damn, man. We're coming up with some good shit, dude. <laughs> I was like, I did my homework when before we started this, and I was like, I was more intrigued. I was like, now because I'm moving over to like more boxing and more, now I'm really interested because the whole everyone's been promoting um you know the heavyweights and this and and right now it's like i i in my eyes i feel i feel like boxing right now is in the golden age right now and look man whenever there's good heavyweight boxing mm-hmm. everyone watches boxing yeah you know um heavyweight boxing makes you know just it just makes the sport so much better mm-hmm. uh, but and after the tyson era after holyfield and even lennox lewis you know, like you said, we had the Klitschko era for about 15, 20 years. Oh, my God. You know, there wasn't any American fighters that could actually compete with him or even, like, you know, any fighters in the world that could really compete with his size or their size and their skill, the two brothers. Mm-hmm. So once, you know, those guys, you know, fell off, we had these three articulate characters, now four with Andy Ruiz, that... You know, they're big guys and they can knock people out. All of them have that ability and they all have character. It's awesome, you know? Mm-hmm. People don't want to see blood and guts all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you, And people don't want to see, you know, wrestling all the time with UFC. I mean, I love I love the MMA. I love watching it. But I, I generally, people would rather watch a fight, a boxing fight that's clean and they could actually understand it as opposed to watching... You know, people doing a chokehold or something that never they, they've never seen before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about capturing the general masses. And boxing's been around since the 
1800s as a sport and it's been selling out arenas forever yeah you know and it has a long history of you know whenever heavyweight boxing has been hot that's when the sport is really picking up mm-hmm. and the lighter weights are just kind of following it yeah everyone yeah. all the the uh the middleweights the welterweights lights you know it goes it trickles down it trickles down yeah yeah which is good yeah you know? it's cool you know um because the, the bigger guys are what people want to watch but then they'll get interested in the smaller guys too you know um like we're talking about ray lander and marvin Hagler, virtual duran those guys were hot when there was badass heavyweights at that time. You know what I mean? Like there was Tyson, there was Larry Holmes, there was Ali, there was Foreman, there's Joe Frazier. Spinks. Spinks. And then if you talk about um, Sugar Ray Robinson, the remember best. him? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 40, 50, the 40s and 50s. There was Joe Lewis, Rocky Marciano. There were heavyweight fighters. Some good ones. Yeah. And then... Dem- I mean, was that Dempsey? Jack Dempsey, yeah, I'm trying to think of some lightweight guys. Like off the top of my head, I can't really think of them. But um, back in those days, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there was some really good lighter heavyweight. Imagine, imagine like if there was a time machine, you can go back in time, and you can go see all these fighters. Be like, whoa, he was that was he was a beast. What's cool about boxing, man, is like they fight at a specific like most heavyweight fighters will you know be around the, like the low 200 weight range you know like joe lewis was like 200 200 pounds 200 I think 205 210 something like that yeah holyfield was like 205 mm-hmm. he was Ty- a cruiserweight he was a cru- cruiserweight but at his peak as a heavyweight he was like 205 210 tyson 215 you know deontay wilder's like 215 yeah you know long yeah but it came to a point where like klitschko was one of the and lennox lewis were one of the first guys that were really effective at being like 250, 240, you know? Um, I guess what my point is, is that weight levels don't really change that much and speed levels that much don't really change throughout time. You know, so a, a Lennox Lewis against, let's say George Foreman would still be a awesome fight, you know? As opposed to like, let's say if you talk about the NBA, like a 1970s shooting guard, would get smoked against like someone like Steph Curry or something right now, you know, because the game has changed so much. And boxing, the game doesn't really change that much. It's the same, same game, you know, throughout time. It's the same thing. So there's a beauty to that, man. There's just a beauty to it. When you watch boxing and everything, there's like different errors, like you know, like mm-hmm. oh, this is how they fought, and it changes and changes, and now like everything with like. The boxing now was like woo it's it's good yeah like more skills more strategy it takes like how many how many how am i gonna knock this guy out in certain rounds and the speed and everything and just the movement i mean that's what i look for of course man i mean some of the fighters you know in the previous eras would kill the fighters today kill them dude mm-hmm. kill them I swear to god it's not just because like there there's new technology and you know and new ways of you know getting stronger today it doesn't give these specific fighters today an advantage this game's all about technique man technique yeah technique like tyson would destroy these guys mm-hmm. tyson would knock them all out you know mm-hmm. um and then he was fought at his peak in the 1980s 
So, mm-hmm. no, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, but you know, someone like Roy Jones, in my opinion, I think he's the best fighter ever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. that's what I thought so. And too. I think he would beat up anyone from the ni- early 1900s to 2019. What do you think about Bernard if he was in his prime now, fighting the middleweights now? Mm, like who? I don't know. <laughs> who is who is a middleweight? Like Canelo. Canelo. Triple G. Oh man, Bernard was sick, man. Bernard was slick. You know, I talked to uh And the way how he moves, where he moves puts his shoulder right here, where he moves like his looks like you don't know he's gonna hit you like that. I mean he would hit you in places where like he wasn't really supposed to hit you and the referee wouldn't see. Like I talked to um referee Jack Reese. Jack Jack Reese is the guy oh, that Oh really? Referee, yeah, he's a good friend of mine, man. I talked to him a lot. Um, you know, just off the top, like you know, something happens in boxing, I'll shoot him a text about, you know, what he thinks, you know, specific things. We'll just talk back and forth. Um, he's the one that um, refereed the Wilder Fury fight, mm-hmm. and we were talking one time when I interviewed him for a story about Bernard Hopkins, and he said he's the ty- Bernard Hopkins is the type of guy that if I'm standing on his left hand side. And tell him to stop doing something. He'll do it on the right hand side where I can't see. Like he'll punch someone in the head. So or, he'll have his, his his left shoulder out sticking out. Yeah. And he will be like that when you don't know what he'll be doing. Yeah. And he'll like hit you like that or. Yeah, he'll hit you like in in the nuts or he'll hit you like he'll headbutt you and referee can't see. You know, like I've seen dude. If you watch, I've watched his fights. I've seen him headbutt somebody. In in the nuts. Mm-hmm. He put his head down so low, boom, headbutt him in the nuts. Fucking prison shit right there. It's crazy, man. I mean, like, it's any, you'll do anything to, anything to win. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just about winning. So, Bernard Hopkins was slick, man. He was really good. And what he did against Kelly Pavlik was something that I thought was impressive. <coughs> um, what he did against Trinidad was awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he had the skill, man. He did. I heard uh, pa- uh, Kelly Pavrick on the podcast with Joe Rogan. Oh, yeah? It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Not bad. He was going through a lot of depression and stuff, and he had to get away. I think, was he from Youngstown? Ohio. Ohio, Youngstown. Yeah, Youngstown, Ohio. He had to get away because it's, well, I guess when you're big like that, it's just when you're in Youngstown, it's like people take advantage of you. Mm-hmm. Like if you're a Youngstown boy, like, you know, like when you think of Youngstown fighters, who do you think of Youngstown Oh, Ray Boo Boo Mancini. Mm-hmm. Like shit like that. That's only two So there's always right? going to be something like that. You know, um, before January of this year, mm-hmm. Kelly Pavlik was the last American-born uh, white male to be a champion in boxing. Oh, shit. Yeah. So there's a guy named Caleb Plant that mm-hmm. is like, you know, that, got the, that won the super middleweight title in January. Mm-hmm. But before him, it was Kelly Pavlik. Crazy, huh? Sport, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a, it's an international sport, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to look. I I want I want to get into more like how I was with the UFC and Bellator, with the boxing. I need to be. I want a story, like you know, like I gotta be into a story of like how they promote their fighters of what they're upcoming. You know, the story. I like stories about boxing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, there's a lot of great stories, man. Yeah. You it's know? always about someone going through poverty, homeless, have nothing to lose and stuff like that and he just I, I got to fight my way out not to be homeless again. Well, why would you be a why would you be a fighter anyway? Like boxers you know, they 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 understand 
there's got to be a struggle there, you know, like to be a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, there aren't many boxers that that came from like you know that were well off, and then their dad just got them into boxing. You know, and their dads were millionaires or something. Oh, Kuli sees a chop as his son. Right, he just sees a chop as his son. And he was like, he didn't was like, no, because he's like, oh, that's my dad, but it's the work ethic. Yeah, know? his work ethic. He used to train in his house. Yeah. Remember, I saw like a video of him training in his yeah. underwear, eating cereal. Freddie Roach was like training in his kitchen and stuff. You know, <laughs> um, I mean, he was good too, but like, there's like, you gotta have some sort of an edge, like a hunger, a hunger. Yeah, make something where it's like you don't want to be in your dad's shadow or something like that. Right. You know, like I want to make a name for myself. Right. You know, I see who um, I've been following his Instagram a lot. Uh, Fernando Vargas's kids. Oh, really? Oh, wow. They look good. They're good. No way. They're gonna be boxers. They're gonna be. They're good. He's one of my favorite fighters. They're winning all these uh, championships, all these trophies, these uh, medals, and everything. That's he has. I think he has three boys. They're all boxers. So That's he's cool. training them how it should be. Mm. When you have something where they're hungry, and they look hungry. Okay. Yeah. So I follow certain. Like I follow certain boxers. I always get iffy when you ha- when boxers have kids and they want to be in their father's footsteps. Do they have that hunger, or they be like, well, I have to do this, you know, like with um, Hector Camacho Jr. So. I remember him. And he was good, then outside when he lost two or three fights, you don't hear from him again. Well, the thing is with Fernando Vargas, he comes from a family of like a boxing community in Oxnard. Oxnard, yeah. Yeah, like Robert Garcia, mm. Mikey Garcia, um, Robert Garcia's dad. You know, I think Fernando Vargas was trained by Robert Garcia's dad. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so that they, I could see how there's a culture there. Where the Vargas family is, you know, this, his sons are probably really good because they're probably always around the gym. You yeah. know, probably always around See, the gym. See, that's what I like about, like, their father. But it's like, when you have that father, gives guys like, look, don't follow in my footsteps. Do your thing. But also, you know, like, don't worry about the shadow of me. Like, you do you. That's yeah. what I like to see what's the upcoming. Or like, you know, I'll give you an example. I was watching the 30 for 30 about Tommy Morrison. Yeah, that's a good one. He has two sons. Mm-hmm. And they're boxers too, and they're trying to make a name for themselves. Mm. That was a very moving, like, like episode mm-hmm. of I. That guy, he had everything, but he was just a party boy. Yeah, and he fucked everything up. He should have moved out of the city. Yeah, and he stayed, and he was girls and all that stuff. But he was gonna be the the great white hope, mm-hmm. you know. But he got knocked out by Ray, Ray Mercer. Yeah, he got rocked by Ray Mercer. <laughs> that was a huge knockout. Jeez. I was, and he was shocked, you know. And uh, when he did that, I'll never forget him because when I think about him, I think about Rocky Five. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one knows, but like, you know, but yeah. I think about him, I think about Rocky Five. Rocky Five was sick. That's good because you know why? It, it talks about what, what do you do after boxing when you retire? You're right. When you have promoters fucking you in the ass, yeah. taking all your money, what do you do? You gotta start over. You're right, man. Like people don't like Rocky Five, but that's one of the realest. People don't stories. like. People say like, "Oh, that's a sucky movie." No, but a lot of boxing people, it's like, dude, this is real. It's real because it could happen in real life. Yeah, lose all your money, lose everything. Yeah, what you used do you, to be a champion. Now you're like, you're just struggling, like, struggling. You know, what do you do? Like, you can't fight anymore. And the weird thing about it is, the promoter is like, hey, how about you get this fight with this so-and-so right. and stuff? And, you know, now in the back, he has, like, headaches. 
Exactly. You know? and his like, wife's you... like, no, but he's, she's like, he's like, man, I can still do it. See, that's it's a, real. That's that's has to be one of the best movies out of all the Rockies. That has to because that's real. What's your favorite Rocky? <laughs> what is um, it like? Been like eight of them now, dude. Oh no, yeah. Overall, Creed and all yeah, that. Yeah. I think out of all the Rockies. I have to. Oh, that's a, you got me there. I have to say three and five. Three and five. Yeah. I say three and four. It's about redemption on three. Five is reality. Mm-hmm. Four. He's gonna. I was more like, okay, he's gonna win it because he. That's his best friend. But three. What do you do when you have a promoter saying, "Oh, you're the best fighter," but you're getting all these has-beens? Mm-hmm. Like for example, Anthony Joshua. <laughs> like you know, have finding these has-beens. He knocked out. What do you do? You have to get redemption. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. Maybe that's the way Anthony Joshua is going through that situation. Maybe. Yeah, he's yeah, he kind of. Well, he's still young though. Yeah. Yeah, he's still young, but I see he's kind of going through that. That's what I feel with Rocky Three when he had to be clever laying and all that. And he's like, "How am I going to do that?" Then he had to change his ways, which he wasn't used to. Then he had to adapt with Apollo Creed, and he had to win it. You know, it's like yeah. you know, then he got better and better. He just he was more old school, but he had to adapt to the new school. Right. That's yeah. see, like that's cool. That's I, I know history with boxing. Like I did my homework. It's like I just I love boxing. It's just it's when 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 I have you on my podcast, it's fun talking about it. It's like for sure reminiscing. It's like. Ugh. Yeah, for sure. It's like, when's the next fight with Triple G? You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. like, man, dude, if you have a boxing fight, like, dude, let me know. I'll be like, like, what are you gonna do? Like, I'll be like, so into it. Yeah, but it's like that's the thing. Like with Rocky, three and five, that's it. Yeah, that's and, cool. Yeah, what what about you? What's your I like favorite three Rocky? And four. Three and four. Yeah, I mean, one is probably you know the the best actual movie, mm-hmm. but you know, just watching you watch repeatedly. I think three and four, man. Do you get you into know. details like the movie, like everything, like knickknack on little pieces of it to understand it more? Well, it's funny. When I moved to downtown LA, um, so one of my friends told me that the, the boxing gym in Rocky Three, when he goes into like Apollo Creed's gym, remember that? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. In, the, in the thing under? It's kind of like in the hood, yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, that's like, it's supposedly like right by my place. Really? <laughs> yeah. Did you find it? I tried to find it, man, but I, don't, I couldn't find it. I heard maybe it closed down or something, but oh. I found the address. I looked it up and I couldn't find it, but um, it was just interesting, you know? Um, but no, I think, uh, you know, Rocky 3 was real, dude. It was real. Um, you know, he was stressing about, you know, being good enough, you know, like you said, maybe Anthony Joshua. I don't know if I'm, you know, good enough anymore type of thing. That he, he lost focus. He had to gain it back. That's tight, you know. Oh my god, I just thought about it. That's good because when you talk about Rocky Three, when he won, he was getting too comfortable. He's getting too that, comfortable. Too comfortable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you have this fighter, Clever Lane, who was so hungry. Hungry. And like, which was Andy Louise. Mm-hmm. Knocked him out and everything. Like, fuck, what do I do? And it's like, how do I gonna how do I gonna get my redemption back? How am I gonna get my heart back? How am I gonna get my, you know, everything back? So Anthony Joshua kept saying, um, even before and after the fight, that every fighter that fights him is like 20% better because they want to like they perform better against Anthony Joshua because they know this is their moment. You know? Um 
because they can make a name off of him. You know, going back to Andre Ward again, he said that every time I would spar someone, he goes, those guys would be at their best when they're sparring me because they could go and tell stories like, hey man, I, I did this and this to Andre Ward. So I have to be at my sharpest. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, it could have been a situation where, well, I mean, it probably was a situation where Andy Ruiz was like, always in the back of his head training for, this is what I would do if I fought Anthony Joshua. Oh my gosh. You know, he was probably studying him like crazy, bro. You brought up something where I, it just triggered my mind. I was watching that movie two days ago, The Fighter with Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah. And uh, Christian Bale, where he was talking about, man, he, he went to Sugar Ray like, hey, you know I went to war with you. You know I had you. Right, right, right. The way how you're talking about it, it's like, dude, I beat you in this round and stuff like that. Like yeah. he was still, it was still in my mind, like, like how it is. And, and Ray Leonard was like, okay, like, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. But he still thought about it. It's like, dude, I knocked you down. Yeah. It's like, but he's like, oh my god, it's it's interesting. It's life, man. You know, it's just life. It's like um, that was that particular fighter's moment against Ray Leonard. You know, but Ray Leonard kept on going and uh, moving on and find other fighters. And, you know, he doesn't even probably talk about any specific ground against some, you know, a fighter that no one really knows. But some fighters, like, oh, I had my moment where I knocked down Sugar Ray. Right. And that's his moment. And that's what he talks about forever. You know? Fuck. That's how it is, man. That's badass. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break right now. We'll be right back with more boxing talk. All right, we're back on. We took a little beer break. Uh, so let's get back to boxing. Um, let's talk about Showtime. What's uh-huh. what's going on with Showtime? Um, you know, Showtime Boxing, you mean? Mm-hmm. So Showtime Boxing is sort of like, you know, they're still around. You know, they, uh, they, they obviously, they promoted Wilder Fury. They've promoted other fights since then. Uh, Pacquiao. Uh, was it Pacquiao Broner they promoted? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Pacquiao. Yeah, Broner, yeah. I think they promoted that fight. Was too. that ESPN? Um, I can't remember. Yeah, I think that was ESPN. No, 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 no. They did promote that fight. They promoted Pacquiao Broner. Um, so they're they're still you know you know they're still in the mix. Um, you know I I really love the production team at Showtime Boxing. Like I don't want to talk bad about them. You know they're they've always been uh, supportive to me and. Um, I remember uh, specifically right after the Wilder Fury fight, which was an amazing fight. I went up to the uh, VP of uh, Showtime Sports, and I was like, "Hey, man, congratulations! I know, great event." What's his name? Ortiz? Um, no, uh, Chris De Blasio. Oh, okay. Are you thinking of Steven Espinoza? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Steve. I mean, man, before that fight, uh, you know, just you know, backtrack. They the week of the fight, they had like they threw a dinner for the media, you know, like specific media people, and they like. They had uh, like fighters like Lennox Lewis, Buster Douglas, Evander Holyfield that showed up too. And then Espinoza had a speech and he goes, hey, this this sport wouldn't be anything without you guys. He was talking about the media people. He goes like, you know, he's all just keep on doing what you're doing. Like they actually care about boxing, which is what I love. And, um, you know, right, right after the Wilder Fury fight, I went up to de Blasio. I was like, hey, man, I was like, congratulations. You know, this is great for you. Great for the company. And he goes, no, nah, man. He goes, this is great for boxing. He goes, this is a great night for boxing. You know? 
So I thought that was just really cool and really genuine. And um, I still keep in touch with these guys all the time, just like not only talking boxing, just talking about life. You know, Steve Pratt's another good guy, Matt Donovan, Jody Heaps. I mean, I'm probably missing a few, but yeah, man, they're Showtime Boxing's cool, man. They're, uh, they're, you know, they're, it's challenging to them because, you know, Fox and um, The Zone and ESPN are out there, you know. I mean, they're competing with them now. They're competing with three other people as opposed to, or three other companies as opposed to just one. Do with, they have an apps? Um, they don't, they don't have their fights on apps. Uh, yeah, so they have it on, you know, just regular cable or pay-per-view. Um, but, um, the production's still good, you know, and I think, you know, it's, it remains to be seen, you know, what, what they're going to do next. I wonder why, what happened with, uh, HBO when they just like, okay, we're out of the boxing game. Um, you know, it's hard to say exactly what happened. Uh, I think... You know, they they had a new head of uh, sports and he, you know, him and you know, the collective group probably thought that, you know, boxing isn't really something that drives their company anymore. You know, it's like their subscription base isn't focused around boxing. It's more around, you know, their, their features or their documentaries or, or like Games of Thrones or Game of Thrones. Yeah. So or their you know, TV shows. So that's probably why they got out of it, man. You know, they've been in it for so long. But it's a good thing, man. It's evolution. You know, it's the evolution of the sport. It made things so much better, in my opinion. You know, it made made companies like ESPN get involved, which is awesome. Yes. Fox Sports get involved, which, like I said earlier, it brings in these young fans that don't have to wait for their dad or their parents or whoever it may be to order a fight in order for them to watch a specific fighter. They could just throw on the TV and watch them like, you know, just a regular competition and be like, dang, like, I want to be a boxer too. You know, or, oh, I want to, I love boxing. I want to watch it all the time. That's good. You know? With my girl, with like, now it's like, I always tell her, like, why are you still watching fucking cable, dude? Just get the <laughs> fucking streams. You get all this shit. Yeah. I'm paying for all this shit. You get this shit for fucking free. Uh-huh. And I want her father, he likes boxing, but he likes more of the soccer. But I want boxing, like, right now I'm trying to push, like, dude, there's a big fucking fight. My girl's like, I'm going to sleep, like, I think Joshua just got out the fuck out. And she's like, who's like, oh, we're going to sit down. Because when we have our son, strictly sports. Boxing, like UFC, like all belts for nothing but that. That's cool. It's just, I want that because I want my son, when he gets older, to realize, like, hey, remember him. Because mm-hmm. you're going to see him. Remember, like, hey, I was so-and-so age and... I watched him and I was like, okay. And I remember my dad sat me down and we watched this fight with so-and-so, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. It'd be nice if my son was born and all of a sudden Anthony Joshua or Fury or Wilder was fighting and shit. Like, oh shit. Yeah. I have to sit my son down like, look, look, yeah, remember ne- this. Yeah, man. My nephews watch boxing with us and stuff. It's cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's a family sport. I mean, that's not, a, not something that, you know... Like, you, know, you, you have to discourage people to watch. And yeah, I noticed that and now a lot of people are not playing football that much because of the concussions. Yeah. It's going lesser and lesser. Uh-huh. And that's where I want to talk about bare knuckles. Oh, bare knuckle boxing. Yeah, because <laughs> that's a brutal sport and you know, yeah. everything. I seen it. I was like, oh, shit. This is way different. I mean, it's, it's being promoted a little bit more now. Uh, you know, Pauli Malignaggi is going to be fighting in a couple weeks, right? I mean, it's a, it's brutal, man. You know, there's a lot of blood blood involved. I mean, it's bare-knuckle fighting. You know, it's like watching 
two guys fight at a bar or something, but these guys are actual real trained, you know, professional fighters. So it's not going to be something that, you know, to, and anyone's going to end up clean. Someone's going to get freaking laid out. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think it's for everybody, but um, if people want to watch fights, you know, that's something to watch. That's something where it's like when you see like eh, the UFC, it was a little bloody, but now when you see bare knuckles, it's way more bloody. I mean, it's going to be bloody. You know, it's you know, bare knuckles. Because with the, some of the boxers and some of the MMA fighters who've been, I mean, if it's, if it's knuckles, I mean, they're going to be more open. Like, the tissue's going to open up more, have more scars and everything. And it's it's not like how boxing is. Like, you can do a lot of clinching and this and that. We're going to see if Madanaji, you know, is... Uh, he, we're going to see how he does with uh, Lo, Art Loma. You mm-hmm. know, because that's one of the training partners for Conor McGregor. I know. I was like... Ugh. It's going to be interesting, yeah. Interesting. He talks a lot of shit, but he can, you know. Yeah, they both talk a lot of crap, huh? I don't know. Would you watch it? I mean, I'll watch it, but, like, I'm not going <laughs> to. Like, it's not something I'm, like, super excited. I like to watch more, like, I'm a, I'm a boxing guy, man. Mm-hmm. I'm more into, like, watching, you know, a clean, you know, fight. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that bare knuckle fighting isn't going to be clean. I just think there's going to be a lot more... Um, violence in a way like you're going to see it's a lot more graphic you know with boxing with know, less I, referee well um, is there going to be a referee well referee but less because you could do whatever you want you can clinch you can do whatever but when you have the referee in boxing like okay okay no right the referee is more involved break in boxing. up and not box yeah but like when you're going back to the Anthony Joshua fight you know he um, he got knocked down four times knocked out but like he still got all his you know his faculties, you know what I mean? You know, it's still, it was a knockout, but he didn't, like, it wasn't like, man, I couldn't watch this stuff because, it, like, I don't want to watch it again because it was so brutal, you know? Um, so, I like to watch, I just, I'm, I'm old school, man. I like to watch boxing. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I, I get into it. I love it more. It's just, uh, we're, we're just living in a good time right now for with boxing. It's, it's back. Yeah. Thank God for fucking Floyd and Klitschko gone, you know, because I now it's it's like a new breed of boxers and yeah, that's I mean, what I love. yeah, you know, I mean, Klitschko was awesome. Floyd was awesome too, man. I mean, they're just different types of fighters, you know. They're just different guys. Okay, I got I got I got you a black horse. What happens if Shannon Briggs got in the picture of the heavyweight? He's done, dude. You sure? Yeah. But no one wants to fight him. Who says who? Shannon Briggs. Yeah. Exactly. No one wants to fight him. Shannon Briggs says that. Have you seen Shannon Briggs fight recently? Not really. Okay, then. They're scared of him or just like, nah, that's... Dude, Shannon Briggs is super entertaining. Let's go champ. Hell yeah, dude. It's sick. You know, let's go champ. Um, You know, his story is awesome. Motivation, Um, huh? Yeah, it's cool, man. Like, all all those things that he did with, like, Klitschko. He was, like, stalking him and stuff. Oh, I love that where he was on the boat... (laughs) And he was like going his paddling. Yeah, yeah. He fell off. Yeah. Or that one is like he went to a restaurant. Yeah. Like, hey, I'll eat with you eat, champ. And he poured the water. It's like, what the fuck? You eat with you eat. Yeah. I'll eat with you. Don't do that, champ. And then when he went to the gym and stuff, and he was talking shit, and all of a sudden, I didn't even know. That's why I noticed Michael Moore. Yeah, that's his trainer. Well, he was like his trainer. It's like, mm-hmm. wait, can I be doing this? I was like, is that Michael Moore? Mm-hmm. He got knocked out by Foreman? Mm-hmm. I was like, see? Yeah. You don't know about yeah. Michael Moore. So Briggs, man, I mean, I don't think uh, 
just like YouTube, one of his last two. I don't want to talk crap about him, man. He's like, a, he's a good guy. He seems cool, you know. Uh, I like his stuff. He's motivational. Um, but YouTube is like last couple fights, and you can see, man, like he's not at these guys' level. He's not. Um, it's funny, uh, like when he first started doing all these these things, all these things on Instagram. Someone asked me about him. And like, they're like, hey, Ray, like they tagged me on his post. And they're like, Ray, what do you think of uh, Shannon Briggs? And I was like, man, I said pretty much the same thing. I was like, he's not ready for like the big names, man. He just talks a lot of crap, you know? <laughs> and then he posted something like two minutes later and started pretty much like talking shit about what I just said. It's like, I'm ready for anybody. I'm always motivated and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so... Look, there's some people that look up for like that for like negativity like look that for hunger yeah 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 like motivation be like oh you said that like let's do it yeah but he can back it up but yeah I think he's kind of over his prime is he he's getting to dude he's like almost now. 50 dude I know he's look man I think he's sick but nah we he, don't know Ortiz's age I know but Ortiz that's a dark horse Ortiz is like active and he almost knocked out Wilder a year and a half ago, and they're gonna fight again. It's well, gonna why be would sick. you do the rematch if you already won? Yeah, um, there's gotta be a reason for it. You know, I think Wilder's getting better. My honest opinion. Yeah. I smell an upset. Really? With Wilder. Wow. He's gonna get knocked out. He's gonna lose by Ortiz. Wow. That's strike two. Dang. So it would be lost last time. Yeah, it would mm. be Fury. So if Fury wins this one, and he had a hard time, luckily, because he didn't throw that much punches. That Wilder did throw most punches to Ortiz, and he luckily got him in the eighth or ninth round. Mm-hmm. So, tenth round, or tenth round, yeah, something like that. But I don't know. I think he's gonna lose. Mm-hmm. You know, you're gonna know his movement, his angle, how he is, his reach, and all that. He's gonna play, bop and move. You know, he's a what? He's a southpaw. Um, yeah, he's southpaw. <laughs> no, he's sick, man. See, that's the thing with Ortiz, you know? Like, he does that. Body moves, southpaw, like, mm-hmm. everything. I just get kind of weary with that. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a great fight, man. I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> See? When you watch, we talk about it, I get I get nervous. Mm-hmm. Like, when you watch it, like, because <laughs> you never know. Mm-hmm. Every second, every minute, mm-hmm. you don't ever know. Is he going to get knocked on the first round, second, three? Is it going to be a decision? Who... It, to me, I look at the judges. Don't let it go to the judges. You have to get the knockout. Mm-hmm. Because if you have judges, you never know. Ortiz could be winning, or it could be Wilder. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So it's just, I think to me, like they want to fill each other out. Maybe one through second or third round, whatever. But they want to fill each other out. But I think in a way, like maybe Wilder is like, fuck this. Like we talked about, he talked about this thing, this theme he put about Purge, like, something like I have to kill a person or whatever mm-hmm. it was like well I have to do what I have to do you know mm-hmm. and it's like he has to do what he has to do you know fuck it it's just he has that that anger that like that intimidation like, intimidation yeah. he feels like I'm gonna kill you yeah it's my right to, it's, my, it's my right yeah ooh that's just, that's scary <laughs> that's scary it's cool it's cool but a lot of people don't, don't like how he is but Fuck it, it's boxing, you know? Yeah, he's a character, man. You guys are all characters. You know? Ruiz is a character. Wilder's a character. Fury's a character. Joshua. 
Ortiz. They're all like different backgrounds, interesting people, man. It's cool. This you know? is good. Yeah. This is good. I always wonder how what Klitschko would do with all these fighters now. Man, Klitschko has a classic style, man. His, his older brother was better than him, in my opinion. Older brother? Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought so. You know, he had a he he was pretty awkward and unique. And that fight against Lennox Lewis, you rock Lennox Lewis. That's the thing times. I always wonder. Like, we have all these prime heavyweight fighters now. How would they do with the prime with Mike Tyson and Lennox? Yeah, I think yeah. It's just that's the beauty of it, man. We'll never know for sure. Or I see Rockman. <laughs> I remember that one. Yeah, I remember him. I think uh, you know Tyson at his peak was something else, man. You know, he was if if Andy Ruiz could run through Joshua like that what do you think Tyson would do to him you know like Andy Ruiz short guy too you know he had power but Tyson had that speed and the yeah. power and he was you know, he was running through big guys just like like it was nothing man he felt like it just didn't matter about Ruiz just fighting Joshua it's like oh you're big you're nothing like okay whatever Right. It, it's gonna be like we'll see how you are in the later rounds. Mm -hmm. Fatigue, mm -hmm. like haunted Joshua. Mm -hmm. That's deep. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about um, the rematch with the, the rematch clause. So I guess when Joshua lost, the the re, the clause was like, hey, we want an automatic rematch with with Louise again, mm -hmm. November, December, or October. Mm -hmm. Can he can deny it and be like, oh, nah, I don't want can that. Can Ruiz deny it? Yeah. I mean, I've never seen the contract. You know, like, I don't know. I don't know exactly if he could deny it or not. But I feel like he can. You know, he doesn't... He's not the one talking about a rematch all the time. It's Eddie Hearn and Anthony Joshua. Dude, right after that fight, like, I think it was the day after, Anthony Joshua came out and said, I was so confident... I didn't even ask for a rematch clause. He came out and said that. And then Eddie Hearn started coming out saying, oh yeah, we have a rematch. We're talking to these people and it's going to happen in October and November. And then it just goes out in the media and people are just going, going to believe it because it's out there. You know? But I've never heard... I mean, I know Andrew Ruiz was on Jimmy Kimmler talking about it briefly. Like, there's going to be a rematch. Mm -hmm. But I've never heard anything official. So, yeah, Ruiz could get out of it. Like, it's just, there's always, there's always loopholes, you know, in the sport. There's always things where, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to fight this guy first, and then maybe we'll fight after that. I get worried. Well, if he does, I, I think he, they would fight in England. I mean, says who, right? It's, who's the champion right now? It's Andrew Ruiz. Why would he go? I think that would be a bad mistake for him to go to England. Okay. Yeah. I'm not saying he's gonna get killed there, but it's like it's another thing about like the advantage. You're, you're gonna give the homeboy the advantage, you know, just going over there after you already beat him here. You're the champ now. Unless they do it at the Staples Center. I mean, they could do it. Yeah, do it in Vegas, oh, do the Staples Center, make him come back again, dude. Staples Center would be perfect. I would go to that fight. <laughs> I've never been to a boxing fight before. No. I would fucking go. They're sick. I They're would fun. fucking They're go. A lot of fun. No, I'm I'm down, but. If he beats Joshua again, oh, he's done. Joshua's done? He was, he was more like, he was a has-been. He was just kind of like, you know how you say, like his, he was getting sheltered by Eddie Hearns. Right, shelter is a good word. 
I was saying protected shelter is better. Nah, shelter is better. <laughs> uh, Mexico is something that he was talking about too. He Fine. was. But like at the same time, dude, like I said, it's so early. It's only been two or three days since then. How are we going to just automatically sign a rematch right away? Like, it's like right now the focus is on it. Let's just wait a few weeks and see what really happens. Like we talked about Tyson and Douglas. Um, right away, Tyson was talking about getting a rematch from Buster Douglas. And they're, they were on a plane. Donald Trump, they, they used to have a Trump Plaza in Atlantic City where all the fights used to be. And Tyson Douglas was in Japan. Yeah. So Donald Trump was on, on the plane from Japan talking to Don King, flying back to the United States, trying to negotiate a rematch right away. And then they, Buster Douglas was like, no, I'm not, I'm not going to fight him yet. And then they took, they took Justin Douglas to court. So yeah, it became this like big old deal. And then um, Douglas didn't end up fighting Tyson. He fought Buster du um, Vander Holyfield and lost. So um, there's ways and there's been, um, you know, examples of times that, you know, immediate rematches don't happen. Imagine having a prime Evander Holyfield and Mike Tyson. Now, I know how it is, like, later, later they fought. But having that, that would have been, wow. What, like, have they fought at their prime? Yeah. Before, uh, be, uh, before he went to jail. Yeah. They were going to do that. Yeah. It just didn't happen. Because Evander, hey, he was just like, oof. Yeah. The beast. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I was like, Buster, I was like, when I saw that fight, I remember when I was little. I think I was like, what? 10? 11? Oh, yeah, something like that. Something like that. In 9 or 10, whatever. 1990 or something? Yeah, I think 91? he got knocked down in the second or third round. Who? Uh, Buster, Buster Douglas against Holyfield? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was like the third round. Third round, I think. Yeah. When he knocked him down, I was like, ooh. And then Tyson would have just... Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I was like, okay, it would have been... It was, it was something where it's for, it, it felt like when he saw the 30 for 30 for Buster Douglas, mm -hmm. you know, it was something like, hey, I'm going to do this for my mom. Yeah. And that's what he did. But he always felt like his father said he was like a lazy boxer because he was, you know, whatever, with the jeans or whatever. But it's just something where it's like, it. who knows? Mm -hmm. But it was just like, that's why I felt like Louise, you know, like it was just something where it's like no one gave him a chance, but l look how we are. We're talking about him right now. Yeah. We're still talking. Everyone's still talking about him still. Yeah. It was just like a, a Cinderella story. Just keep it like, I'm just saying, just be patient about the rematch. I mean, there's going to be a lot of talk about it right now. Just be patient. Yeah. See what happens, you know? It's going to be good. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm just, I wish it was now, but I mean, we won't see it till the end of the year and we'll see what if happens. If it happens. If it happens. Yeah. I say next year. You think so? Mm, December. Okay. Something like a big fucking card. I mean, they want to have it in Mexico, L.A., England? Oh, fuck. He's fucked if he go there. I don't think he should go there, but I mean, who knows, man? They throw enough money out. But imagine if he beats him at England. Yeah. And people were like shocked. And the whole crowd, which is like 80 or 100,000 people, went silent. Mm -hmm. That's it. Who are you going to fight next? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Fury or Wilder? Mm -hmm. And you go out and you beat them and you go Fury? That's like, what the fuck? Yeah. He'll be like a fucking, like, a, a super Cinderella mm -hmm. story. Mm -hmm. Like a super Mexican Rocky. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of speculation, man. Just 
Fuck. See what happens, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> and that's the next thing we're going to talk about. Tyson Fury. Tyson think, Fury. What do you think about this fight he's coming up with? Um, you know, I don't know too much about his opponent. I know he's undefeated. He's from Germany. Yeah, he's from Germany. I think Fury even said he doesn't know too much about him. He has, uh, I think he has like 25, 26 uh, wins with 21 or 19 knockouts. Fury should win, dude. Like, if he doesn't win, it's kind of like, what the hell's going on, you know? I'm more I'm more looking forward to what's going to happen after the fact. Seeing if, like, you know, if Fury's going to fight one more time this year. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't know too much about his opponent, but I want to see how good he looks. He's fighting in Vegas. Yeah, it's, he's fighting in Vegas. And um, I just want to see, like, you know, how he looks after that last fight. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what sort of... What sort of motivation he's had since then. Um, because he had a lot of motivation to fight Wilder. Um, it's, is he still the same? Is, that, is it still the same level? Like, I'm looking at the mental aspect of it. Yeah. You know, not really like, is he going to win or lose? Because I feel like he should win. Um, and I would be like 10 times more shocked if he lost this, um, you know, than, you know, this Joshua fight. Yeah, it's uh, the heavyweight is really tricky right now because with these unknown fighters, you never know like if oh I'll knock him out or they'll lose. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's like you say, it's very intriguing. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, so it's heavyweights. You know, everyone has a puncher's chance. You get hit the wrong way, you're done. You know, so it's gonna be cool. It's all about like, the right moment. You know, like if you're just mellow and I don't know. I always get into the thoughts of. Of being a boxer, how it is like? Do you get nervous? Do you not get nervous? Like, are you more prepared? Like, it just happens for happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the right timing. Mm-hmm. That's always filled with Tyson. You know, varies. Like, who knows? You know, like the I think the, I think his last performance before the Wilder, he had another. It was like boring fight or something like that. Maybe two fights before. Oh, yeah, he fought Wilder. a couple like two fights. Yeah, I didn't like it. Yeah. You know, it's just something he's played around, but. It was him because he hasn't boxed for a while. Right. So, but he, now he's getting to the thing. We're, we're going to see what's up. Yep. Looking forward. For sure. So, uh, we have a little thing like you were talking about with your heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Where you have a list of all the greatest heavyweights of all time. Well, no, I can name all the heavyweight champions. Let's off do the it. Top of my head. <laughs> Let's do it. Since like Jack Johnson. Jack Johnson, okay. Yeah, you want me to do it? Let's do it. All right. Um. <laughs> uh, so, so I'm just talking about the champions that are you know the lineal champion, like who beat who, not like the WBC, IBF, or anything. This like is that. only for when they had one bout back. When they had one bout. So, See, that's what I like. Yeah. How come they don't have one bout instead of four fucking five bouts? Well, I mean, that's what they're trying to get to, man. That's what they're trying to get to, an undisputed champion. Yeah. So that's what Wilder and Joshua were trying to do. Yeah. You know. Um. But then there's a, something called the lineal champion, which is what Tyson Fury is. The man that beat the man. That's what I'm trying to tell it. Like, that's what I'm going oh. from. So, this guy named Tommy Burns was the champion. And Jack Johnson, have you heard of him? He beat Tommy Burns. <laughs> and then uh, Jess Willard beat Jack Johnson. Jack Dempsey beat uh, Jess Willard. And then uh, Gene Tunney beat Jack, jo- Jack Dempsey. And then Gene Tunney retired. 
and it was Max Schmeling, and then uh, I kind of lost track of what happened, like from like Joe Lewis. No, no, no. From like 31 to like 35, Primo Canera or something, and then Max Bear, and then James Braddock, and then Joe Lewis. James Braddock. James Braddock from Cinderella Man. Yep. Yeah, the movie Russell Crowe. Good movie. Yeah. So then it was uh, Joe Lewis beat him. And then Ezra Charles in 1949 beat Joe Lewis. And then uh, Joe Wilcock beat Ezra Charles. And then Rocky Marciano beat Joe Wilcock. Rocky Marciano retired. Floyd Patterson became the champ. He lost to some German guy. Oh, man, I forgot his name. Ingerson or something. And then um, Floyd Patterson got it back. And then he lost to Sonny Liston. <laughs> and then Cassius Clay beat Sonny Liston. And then it was, the Cassius Clay lost his title because of the, the war thing. Yeah. And some guy named Ernie Terrell had it. And then um, I think Cassius Clay got it back for a little bit. And then he stopped fighting for like three years. And then it was Joe Frazier. And then it was uh, Jimmy Ellis. And then it was George Foreman. And then it was Muhammad Ali. And then... Um, Ken Norton? Ken Norton, Larry Holmes. And then it gets into like Tyson and stuff, and that's it. And it keeps on going. Like, and that's when like all the WBCs come in, you know? When did they start coming in? Like in the 70s? Like 60s? in the 70s, and then, yeah, it was mostly in the 70s. But and then it got really they, big in the 80s. But why did they do that for? Um, money, man. So they do it for money. It's like they're going to create a champion, and then people are going to want to fight for a title. Whenever there's a champion involved, there's there's more money, and then there's they're called sanctioning bodies. So the champions have to pay a fee to to defend their title. Oh, yeah. They pay a certain amount. Um, I can't remember if it's like ten percent or something. And um, like guys like Mayweather and Miguel Cotto, they start figuring it out. They're like, hey, I don't need your belt. I'm popular enough without it. And they would like you know relinquish their belts and just fight. Um, Riddick Bowe is another one. He didn't want to fight for... He didn't want to fight Lennox Lewis because uh, one of the... IB, I think it was IBF uh, asked him to fight. I remember that. And he threw the garbage. He threw they the, had, yeah, I remember the garbage were yeah. in the ESPN. He, gave, he threw it in the garbage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That was a whole... Dude, because he didn't want to fight. Was he scared of him? Or I don't think he was scared of him. I don't, I don't know. But I know he didn't want to fight him for a specific reason. So then he was like, I don't need your belt. Screw your belt. I threw it away. Yeah, man. That's just something where it's like when the bout means something. But now, oh, I was gonna tell you before we we log off. I remember when Floyd May- Mayweather were. Um, well, let's talk about the Joshua fight a little quick. He let uh, Louise hold all the bouts. He said, "Hey, take a picture and everything and stuff." Like, hey, what's up? Right. You know. Floyd May- Mayweather did the same thing to Canelo. Okay. He's like, here, hold my belt. Canelo's like in Spanish, like, man, fuck you. I want to earn that shit. Huh. You know, you see that shit? Oh, you about to weigh in? Yeah, something like that. He's like, I don't want to hold your fucking belt. I want to earn that yeah, shit. I remember that. Yeah, that was something where I was like, ooh, okay. So, in boxing, when, um, let's say, Andy Ruiz beat Joshua. Yeah. Um, he just holds the belts for that day. Yeah. And then he gives those belts back to Joshua. Yeah. So they create new belts for every fighter. It's not like wrestling or something where a fighter, like a wrestler, will just like 
Stone Cold Steve Austin will beat The Rock and he'll keep the belt. You know, that every fighter that wins a championship belt yeah. keeps their belts. Yeah, I always wonder why, like, why they do that. So for? they create new belts for that champion. Huh. Mm-hmm. So right now, Ruiz is going to get new belts. And then Joshua's going to keep his. But obviously, he's not the champion anymore. But, but for memory. Yeah. It's like a trophy. Like an Olympic gold medal or something. Damn, that's deep. Yeah. That's just something mm-hmm. where it's like... <clears throat> that get to me. If if I was a boxer and I was fighting, if they here hold my belts, like I wouldn't want to hold your belts. I want to hmm. earn that shit. Yeah, for sure. I would have been like, because I feel like to be holding my belts, like it's almost like a disrespect. Yeah, for sure. I mean, sure. It was like when Mayweather did that, it was kind of like, you know, trying to get in his head or something. Well, I think they were fighting for a vacant belt. I can't remember. Fuck, dude. Yeah. That's badass. Yeah, man. Hey, but I want to say, Ray, man, it was. Uh, Thank you for doing my podcast. For sure, man. Anytime. It was badass. Yeah. I think we covered everything, huh? I think so. And I mean, for the, I mean, for all the, for the listeners, man, we covered every little detail in boxing, <laughs> and we didn't do no UFC. No, not much. Eh? No, this is only boxing. Yeah. I mean, all because of one person. Andy and Ruiz. Andy Ruiz. <laughs> all because of you. Shouts to you, man, and. Uh, Kick ass, man. The first Mexican uh, heavyweight fighter. Heavyweight champion, yeah. I, you know, I did my research. I thought he was the first, but I thought it was John Ruiz. John Ruiz. Yeah, I don't know. Like, why Why they call him the first Mexican? I looked fighter? it up, too. He was the first one because it said the first. He was a La- champion. The first Latino. Ah, okay. Or it, said, it didn't say Mexican. It said first Latino. Is that, is that Mexican? I don't think he is. Hmm. He's the first Latino. I don't know if you want to Google that before we'll we log up, off. Yeah. John Louise was the first. We want to, people, we want to make sure if this is right because. Yeah, he's a uh, Latino. He was Latino, huh? Yeah. From. I mean, he's from Massachusetts. Yeah, but wonder if he's, you know, what what part of the, you know, country? Puerto Rican. Gotcha, mm. gotcha. So he wasn't the first Mexican. Yeah. He was the first Latino, so, okay, we got it, yeah. Yeah. Because that's why I did my research because. No, I, I remember he, there was a heavyweight fighter who was a champ yeah, back then. Because you know why? Because he fought Roy Jones. Yeah, man, that was a great fight. He was, it was a heavyweight because that's when Roy Jones was moving up to heavyweight. Mm-hmm. Just to fight that fight. Yep. Because I remember John Louise had yeah. a hard... Had a, he gave Riddick Ball a hard time in the heavyweight. No, Evander Holyfield. Oh, was it? Oh, really? He knocked down Evander Holyfield, yeah. I thought it was Riddick Ball. No, no, no. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. He gave him a hard time. Mm-hmm. And so that's when Roy Jones beat him at his game. He was too quick for Roy oh, yeah. Jones. He was like Roy that. Jones is amazing, dude. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing about like like boxers. You know, you move up in weight. It, you can add another 10 or 15 pounds. And it's, a, it's, a, it's a big difference. Oh, yeah. yeah. Add a pound. A pound? Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, man. For real? For sure. Yeah, maybe not the heavyweights, but at the lower weight classes, for sure, man. So, okay, give me an example. So, like, if someone who weighed about, let's say, well, 155, mm-hmm. is that, what is that? Is that a low rate? So, no, that's a, that's junior middleweight. Yeah. So, look, um, when Canelo fought Mayweather, Canelo was fighting at 154. Mayweather was fighting at 147. And they made an agreement to fight at, like, 152. And to, or like 151 or something. And like to us, it's like, oh man, it's two pounds, a big deal, you know? 
But these guys are walking around. Like Canelo walks around like 180, 185. Gotcha. So he has to shred down on that specific weight. But then, okay, he usually spreads down to 154, but it's a science to it. You know, there's like this, like, there's an energy level at 154 that he always has to maintain. So then when you have to go down a couple more pounds, he didn't have that same strength. You know what I mean? So Mayweather had that advantage. So then after that fight, I'm using Canelo as an example because this happened a lot. After that specific fight, Canelo started fighting at 155, not 154. He would be like, hey, he goes, my next opponents are going to be fighting at this weight class, no matter what. So then someone like um, Lara, remember that guy, Ezra Lani Lara? Mm. He fought him at 155. Uh, and Gulo fought him at 155. Amir Khan fought him at 155. What happened to those fights? Canelo won all three because he had advantages, dude. You know? Um, so when he, when Daniel Jacobs fought Canelo, there was a clause that like Jacobs couldn't weigh. He looked big. He looked bigger, you know? Um, he couldn't weigh like a, a specific amount on the fight day um, because, you know, there's like all these contractual obligations. So. Pounds make a difference, man. It's like small little things, like half a pound, you know, full pounds, obviously. They all make, it's all a big difference. With some and stuff, I heard like, I don't know if it's true, but like if you weigh like a, oh, a pound or, or two more, it's like you get fined. You do? Like a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the fight, yeah. That's like what happened with Conor McGregor and uh, Floyd. If you a certain amount, if you do this, you get fined like this, this, this. Yeah, yeah. Because of Floyd, mm-hmm. you know, like hey, it has to be like this. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's just something where it's like, wow, it's like it it goes by like just a little piece of like pounds. It's interesting, time, man. Yeah. Fuck. It's a science, man. So that's why they call it the sweet science. Then after that, once they reach their weight, then it's all about eating and trying to to get back to normal and stuff. They go like back that. to your normal weight. Uh-huh. You know, it's like you make that weight of one, whatever it is, and then you want to get back to your, 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 you know, your strongest weight on fight day. You see, people, this is one of the reasons why I got my boy Ray on here. <laughs> it's nothing but like street smarts, science, boxing. He does a whole nine yards. This is one of my inside guys. Dude. This is like the four one one. If anything happens in boxing, it's like, hey, Ray, you're coming next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I gotta have this guy on because. You know, like boxing is like, I mean, this is for the guys' guys. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I girls just want to. Yeah, girls too. We ladies. And uh, I just want to say um, thank you. For sure, man. Hey, Steve, thanks again for having me, man. This is part two. I mean, yeah, we'll do it again. I too, mean, man. you're, I mean, you have an open invitation of the Mega Man's podcast. And like, you know, when you come to my humble home, I got everything. We got beers. We got the vibe. We got just everything ready, dude. I got you, man. Anytime, man. I'm, anything. I'm, anytime you want me on. Anything. And, and before we go, do you want to plug anything? Um, you know, just follow me on Instagram and Twitter. I'm sure you're going to post some stuff about us. I'll post them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bleacher Report. You know, follow BleacherReport.com for uh, all your latest news. Uh-huh. Uh, my brother's real estate company, Marker Real Estate. Oh, shit. Yeah, check that out. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, just, you know, continue following the Mega Man podcast. You're doing well, my friend. Yeah, man. Shouts to my boy Ray, man, from the end. Shouts to Bleacher's Report, man. And, uh, I mean, best of luck. And, you know, you, you're giving me all the inside scoops and, uh, and all the research, all the history and everything. 
This is badass. Cool, man. All right. Um, you can find me on the Mega Man's podcast at 6980. That's my personal one. And on Instagram at, at the Mega Man's podcast. Um, you can reach me on all platforms except for SoundCloud. Um, everything else, uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Me and my boy Ray, we are out. Later, guys.